I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the movies of 1999 from a all-male strip club named It's Raining Men here in 2018. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Lisko. And we are doing a movie that we could not get a guest on because we would not do that to anybody. Yeah, right. It's called Detroit Rock City, and you may have fond memories of it because some people do have fond memories of it. Yeah, surprisingly. We're here to tell you your memory is fraud. (laughs) I will say this, though. It's kind of nice not to have a guest. We've had guests for a very long time. I'm so sick of these people. That's not what I'm saying. I just We haven't done one just the two of us in a while. I I think Analyze This was the last time we did this. Yeah, and it's nice to just have a movie. Only shitty movies. That's the thing. We we don't want to subject our friends to movies of this caliber, but that's not what we thought we were getting with this. I certainly didn't. I I had weirdly – Fawn's the wrong word. I remember this movie coming out, Mm -hmm. and I remember people liking this movie. Me too. Uh, And – Weirdly, the thing that I kind of remember the most about this film is its DVD. Because I don't know if you remember this, Kenny, uh, but back in the early days of DVD releases, New Line Cinema was a really big proponent of like lots of special features. They were one of the bigger mm-hmm. sort of like they jammed their movies. I mean, Austin Powers was their, one of their first big ones, which had tons of commentary tracks, deleted scenes, all that sort of stuff. And it was like, they were really wrapping their arms around. A big around. part of their strategy. Yeah, and, and and it was a smart strategy, and it made their movies – I mean, I still have the the special edition of Boogie Nights, that the one in the slip case, and it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. point is, I remember having obviously, as I mentioned before, working at, at video stores. I remember this movie coming out, and it was packed with shit. I literally looked up the features, 
it had four audio commentary tracks uh, with the director, the cast, the crew, all four original Kiss members. You had oh. deleted scenes. How, multi- how many? How many sexually transmitted diseases did it have? <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other thing. That's- deleted scenes, multi-angle views of the Kiss concert, an instructional segment featuring a step-by-step guitar lesson for the rock and roll all night, the original screen test footage, and DVD ROM features. I mean, they packed this thing. That's one of the things I remember most about this movie. Yeah. Uh, that and the poster. It's actually kind of a great poster because it's one of those old school like uh, caricature kind of cartoon. Have you, do you remember the poster? I'm looking at the poster right now. Yeah, it's a nice poster. It's better than the uh, movie. It is. It's it, it's <laughs> all of this. It's what the movie aspires to be. Yeah, the, the movie aspires to be the poster. The poster looks like it was a romp. Yeah, a romp sure. from the mid '70s. Sure. Um, yep. Yeah, just kind of a a wild time and it was a wild time i guess um wildly terrible <laughs> well, uh, this, i mean this movie is this movie's offensive this is this is um this is what it comes down to this might be my least favorite movie we've done so far really now i didn't give it a three like i get or i'm not planning on giving it a three like i gave chill factor but um <laughs> i like it i might like it less than i liked chill factor I, I will say that this movie is – I mean, right now, of the movies we've covered thus far – What are the bad ones? The ba- I mean, Chill Factor, yes. Wild Wild West. Bad. Story of Us. Three terrible movies. Those are, those are the worst. And I, I still have to say, and I know that this is, you know, whatever, the Story of Us is still the worst to me because it's trying to be human. This movie is because it lives in an uncanny valley. <laughs> of, I mean, yeah. Right. Rob Reiner's Uncanny Valley. Yes. I feel like this movie, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, is just – it's just a gross, horny, stupid comedy. So – and I really, really disliked it. And we'll get to our, our scores. Um, Should we do it right now? Is no. Your, that's, that's crazy. I'm kidding. Um, let me tell you why you should hate it more than you hate it. Okay. I mean, I, there's lots of reasons. but Because yeah, it is all those things. Yes. All those terrible things that make it a terrible movie. Yes. It is it – is, misogynistic it is extremely homophobic it's ugly to look at it's ugly to look at it's it's scatological it is the the character motivations are all over the place the four main characters are detestable and not just detestable like i hate those actors they do detestable things that you should not be on board with three out of four who's the one who doesn't jam Three out of four. Three out of four um, are detestable. And Jam, by the way, like is the one I'm hoping to get on the podcast. Um, he's going to – I know. I mean, I mean, listen. He's the only one with any moral compass. Yeah. And I let me keep going. Yeah. So it has all these things that are just terrible. Like Again, yeah. the plotting is terrible. The stakes are very low. The, yeah. It looks like shit. It yep. could $34 million for God knows what. But the reason all of this – takes another step from just horrible, shitty movie mm-hmm. to one of my least favorite movies I've ever seen is because this was all in service of an of attempting to make Kiss cool in 1999. And I say that because this was produced by, by Gene Simmons, Simmons yeah. and it also was produced by like Kiss Productions, which I yeah. assume is some production company he came up with that even stylizes their fucking logo in the main titles. They have one font for everything and the KISS font for like KISS productions. Yeah. Um, and that – and I'll tell – so so I can go, I can go yeah, on no, why no, please, I find please. this so offensive. All please. right. We're, that's As what a writer, we're here for. Phil, I don't know if this has happened to you. Mm. It happens to me all the time. Okay. Uh, where I get 
brought on or pitched or or presented with the opportunity to write something for a brand. Sure, sure, right? sure, sure. Yeah. And that is it's great to have the work. And sometimes it and sometimes it goes really well. I've done this several times now. Sometimes it goes really well. Yeah. But other times it's like, well, here are the rules for the brand. Mm-hmm. The brand has to look young. The brand has to look hip. The brand has to look cool. You can't have anyone say these are the these are the, the rules around the brand that are very important. Um and that's what it reminded me of. Oh, the, that, that they were put in a box. That they were put in the box. And the yeah. box was one, Ugh. Kiss is cool. They're the coolest band in the world. Two, their music is the fucking best. There were people Three, that believed these things though back in seventy eight, just for the record. Not in ninety nine, maybe, but there that's true. That's, I'm just I'm just saying that that's like, true, it's not but, completely unfounded. But there's nothing pure about it when it's coming from the band, right? Like if, oh, yes. you, yeah, if yeah. you and I were making a, a movie about how much we wanted to go see LCD sound system ten years ago, mm-hmm. it would be pure. Sure. Because we love them. Sure. And, well, I don't know, you don't love them? I like LCD. Sound who do you System love the most, Phil? You know who I love the most. If you were going to go see Bjork, Bjork, yeah, yeah that's actually the answer. Yeah. If you were going to go see Bjork. Yeah. If you, if you were to write the the Phil the Phyllisco version of this movie, and you were going to go see Bjork, it would be <laughs> the from, Phyllisco version of this movie where me and three guys are desperate you to and go three and see Bjork. Are amazing. First of all, much better movie. Second of all, sure, Bjork isn't a producer. Third of all, neither is Lars, Lars von Trier. Fourth of all, it's, it's you true. you would have come from your heart. Yes, this sure. is not from the heart. This is from the wallet, and that bothers me. Here's what I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Well, it's impossible. I mean, everything was true. Go ahead. I believe that Adam Rifkin loves Kiss. I, I believe that this movie is a surprisingly passionate plea from him to make us love Kiss. Why? Why do I think that? Just from yeah. the stuff that I've read online about how much how this was a dream project for him. I mean, listen. I don't, I'm, you, we can dream project for Gene Simmons. It originated with Gene Simmons. I, I understand. My, I, I hear you. I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm merely saying that, yes, from from Kiss's perspective, this was a money grab. I'm not suggesting okay. it wasn't. I'm saying from the director's perspective, it's possible he actually does really love Kiss. You're That's all. They, you're, you're, you're saying <laughs> they found the right guy for the job. That, that is saying, what I'm saying. You're saying yeah. that you know when, when I go and. Pitch on something for um, you know Cheetos, which happens all the time. Sure. I'm like, I just fucking love Cheetos. You, you love to, Chester. You, you love Chester the Cheetah. Chester's my guy. Yeah, Chester's your boy. I eat two pounds of Cheetos a day, <laughs> and no one knows the ins and outs of a Cheeto the way I do. The nooks and crannies, <laughs> and they they hire me. I've done I've, I've done three Cheetos the shorts. Nooks and crannies. Yeah. Of no, Cheetos. no, this tongue to nook, the tongue to Cheeto, and I. Jesus the the irony is I've literally never had a cheeto yeah, in my sure. life. I, you, it's got cheese. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. I don't eat cheetos. Um, all right. Well, here's the thing. I think something that occurred to me as I was watching this film and then actually sort of occurred to me. I, I think it's a flick. Anyway, as I was watching this movie <laughs> and it occurred to me actually as I was watching another film that we're going to be covering um, in coming weeks. Uh, it's movies like this that killed the mid-level budget studio movie. Was that movie directed by a guy named R.S.? A guy yes. initial – Indeed. Interesting. Okay. Indeed. That's um, a little tease, people. A little tease if you can put that together. <laughs> Good luck. Um, mid-budget 30, movie directed by R.S. $34 million budget for Detroit Rock City is it, – it, it's just irresponsible. Salad days. 
a little bit, but also just because today this movie obviously would cost a fraction of that. It'd be probably around ten million if that if, if this that, movie, if this movie even got made. You could make this movie today, this and have it look significantly better, but you yeah. know, comparable yeah. given the eras. Five million dollars. No, I agree. And the, by the way, had it made had it been made for five million dollars, this movie would have come close to turning a profit. But thirty four million dollars for this film is just irresponsible. It's it's and and there's moments and, and when we talk about the plot, I'll, I'll sort of highlight them. But there are moments in this film where I'm like, that was so unnecessarily expensive. Why did we need that? So I why um and the studio system got burned on movies like this. This movie. You know, as as I this movie cost thirty four million dollars, and it made a total of four point two million dollars. It's a bad bad re- return on investment. <laughs> um, I I Ken, bet that business can he put his business hat on for you, that? Uh, bad R- bad ROI. Then. What was the avatar? <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 only thing that I'm kind of wishing there was because yeah. like. This movie to me is such a spectacular disaster and such a spectacular failure in every way. On top of that, you have Gene Simmons involved. And there's a little bit online about what happened with Kiss and this movie we can get into. I bet there is a fucking novel to be written about this production. Absolutely. You know? And there's not. It's nowhere online. But like – Well, it it apparently ruined a Kiss reunion. There was going to be one and it killed that. Great. (laughs) So this is all – Kenny – doesn't really like his guys actually, in case you in case you want to do that from don't hate their music. Um, I don't know their music well enough. Yeah. Really. There's a I, handful of like classic songs that I'm like, sure. Yeah, I don't hate their music. I uh I, I actually quite like a lot of the other music in this movie. Yeah, but all of it felt like needle drops from Days and Confused. I know. The one I really like, you know, there's the song um that it was in the strip club, the uh the all male strip club called It's Raining Men. Called Everyone's a Winner, yeah. and now Ty Siegel has a cover of that. Now, really, it's so good. Yeah. Um, that I believe you. That was the best part of the movie. That's why this movie doesn't have a three at the end. Really? But no, no, it's not that. The music was good, and the that's music it. Is fine. Music was fine. The movies is jammed with needle drops and music cues oh, yeah, unnecessarily. Right. So, like just just because like, ah, I like the song. And or and jump cuts, unnecessary jump cuts that drove me fucking crazy. And really weird angles. Well, I actually didn't hate the photography oh, as I much did. as much as well because I felt like the photography added an energy to it, whereas the jump cuts were all like some fucking you know some just editors just being like, oh yeah, let's just jump cut. Fi- you know, she moved five inches. Let's jump cut to that. It's stuff like that that drives me crazy. Well, I really didn't like the. Um- I really didn't like the angles. There was a lack of perspective, a lack of place and time. I was very, I, I was very, I found it very jarring throughout the way they shot simple things like two-handed dialogue scenes. Yeah, no, I, I can't um, disagree with you on that. It was I, just all very it was unnecessary. It was, unnecessary. It was frenetic. Yeah, and I think like yeah, I can't disagree. I just think Adam Rifkin has a different concept of what Kiss is than the rest of the world. And I think that's true for a lot of Kiss Maybe. fans. Yeah. I think, I mean, kind of famously, I don't know if you know that. You know Chuck Klosterman? Chuck Klosterman, yes. His favorite band is Kiss. Really? And I didn't know that. he's a, obviously a very prolific rock journalist. And sure. Someone I, you know, I've read for his whole career. And, sure. Um, you know, he is what he is today. I read like the first six things he wrote. And it always kind of threw me why he loved Kiss so much. It made me reconsider them. 
Yeah. As maybe they are kind of an iconic band. And then, you know, subsequently I decided, that's eh, just his thing. Everyone's got their thing. Well, I mean, listen, you can... I love Stone Temple Pilots. So, you know, we don't all love the cool shit. Yeah, no, I, I loved any number of bands <coughs> that aren't cool. But who do, you I, lo- who do you love right now in your life? Who do you love that you that you would say is like, not that cool? Uh, Taylor Swift. No, that's not it. That's not the answer. Taylor Swift is cool. Okay. I'm not uh, saying Taylor Swift is cool. That's there are easy. bands that I loved grow- like in my adolescence that I still love today. Yeah. I still love Smashing Pumpkins and Garbage. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. And yeah. those aren't cool bands. I'm willing to admit that. I think they're I, – I, you, you're not embarrassing other than one of those things. Give me something you're embarrassed by. I just gave you Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, but that's not that embarrassing. Right, I'll give you another one. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you another one soon. Okay. Oh, I'll give you something that will humiliate me. Okay. Oh, this is going to kill the podcast. I like Stain's two songs. Why? I just think they're good songs. <laughs> <laughs> I think Outside. Yeah. And uh, what's his other song? Whatever. I think those are just like good fucking songs. <laughs> and I think that's the end of my podcast. The, the end of my culture, cultural criticism. I don't career. know that I, I'm trying to think of, of a song or a band that I'm legitimately embarrassed that I listen to. And I don't, I mean, listen, I, 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 I listen to the new Camilla Cabello song a fair amount. So does Layla. It's her favorite go. song. Uh, which version do you let her listen to though? Um, whatever Alexa plays for Havana okay. Ulala or the Not new the, new one, the new new one, never the same. Oh yeah, whatever comes on the radio, okay. I guess because the one on the radio safe. is censored. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't talk about uh, heroin and uh, morphine. They might that. talk about heroin in the one she's listened to. Maybe whatever she's got to learn something. I mean, point. she's uh, to your uh, uh, to your point though about Kiss. I, I do want to say that this movie did feel like a kiss song to me everything was dialed up to 11 like kiss as a band is just so theatrical they're a hair band you know what i mean like that that's that's their thing they're beyond they're they're, they're a makeup band they're, they're, sure they're both they're they're just crazy theatrical over the top that's their thing it's not my thing but there are people that love them and i think that this movie does for good or for bad is a pretty decent assessment of kiss we're we're not we're, we're not, not just anti makeup. No. We're big David Bowie fans in the love makeup. Pop. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's not that Freddie Mercury or so or any of Prince. Yeah, I, all of it. Yeah. I, it's certainly not like the theatrics yeah. of their performance. I, don't I like. agree. It's the morality of their shit that I don't like. There's also a stupidity. There's of a it. stupidity of their. That's, yeah, it's, that's it's, what bugs me it, even more than. Well, anything. I think it's both both of those things. There's a there's a there's a a frat guy thing about them, even though they present themselves as the dirtbag band. Yeah, I agree with you. They ultimately like all of these problems were basically solved by kicking some ass in this and movie. saying calling people bad words, the f word. Yeah, the other f word constantly mm-hmm. throughout this movie that it made me so angry with with no with impunity with impunity um, with just like characters you're supposed to like. Right, like for they, reasons they call, you're supposed to agree with. They called Jam an F word constantly because he's a mo- like because he has a soul because he shows that he cares about right. other human beings. That's right. Like it's just it's despicable. Um, and they should have known. They should have known because in this other movie that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, directed by again whose initials are RS. Uh huh. I haven't finished watching it yet. Neither so. have I, but. There is a scene where the F word comes up a lot. Yeah. It's a little different than this. 
It's presented that movie in, also struggles with some misogyny. That fair, it's, but it presents it's presented in a different way. Yeah, it's it's contextual. Uh huh. And um, the morality of of using the word, yeah, is not really in doubt. Um. Okay. In that it's not like the, the it's not presented as if cool people say it. It's presented as if ignorant people say it. You see what I mean? I do see what you mean. There's a lot um, of ignorant people in that movie. This mo- th- These characters aren't played ignorant. These they're characters not. are the coolest fucking kids in the school. I mean, mm-hmm. the coolest fucking dirtbags in the school. Okay. They're the coolest kids smoke- they're the they're kids the smoking in the kids. bathrooms. Yeah. Who were, who were supposed – the I, freaks were – This is why – Kenny and I were texting a little bit as I was watching this film. And for the first like 20 minutes, 40 minutes or so, I kind of defended it a little bit. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Kind of, It's got a freaks and geeksy vibe to it. I was kind of into it. Well, I said I watched the whole movie <laughs> with a face like I smelled a fart. <laughs> Because that's which how is, I felt. Which is our new grading system. Yeah, below if you, zero if you is get a fart, fart face. face. <laughs> and I was sitting there. I, I just I was sitting there. Like with you this, smelled like, something this, bad just, the like, whole time. I hate it's it. A, I just, it's, it's a it, it's a gross movie. Also, these kids need to fucking take a shower. They all look so greasy, greasy. and dirty. Like I know that the seventies was not maybe the most aesthetically pleasing in the world. Like there were a lot of browns, and people were just like they kind of looked like a little bit of dirty hippies. Well, it's like I said in the gym. In Jim's podcast about eight mile, like the eight period millimeter. eight millimeter, the period of film that I'd like to be erased from our collective memories is like nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty one, yeah. and they this is an homage. That's disgusting. It, it just wraps film. its arms around it. It's yeah. so dirty. It's and it's actually the period when, uh, and I'm sure you remember this. I remember this vividly in Boogie Nights, and it's when uh, Philip Baker Hall shows up with those dirty kids and yeah. they start doing porno on video. Oh, video and it's when everything just turns to shit yeah, boys, and the 80s girls. are just dirty and gross and everyone just looks like they need i don't know to, like a silkwood shower anyway uh so that happened uh what else should we talk about in terms of context for this movie um the original cut of this film was over three hours long i would have potentially jumped at a fucking window that's awful uh, and apparently Natasha Leone was handpicked by Gene Simmons to play Christine, which That's is creepy. super creepy. <laughs> Doesn't even have a big role. It's creepy. Uh, all right. So I'm going to give the synopsis. Context. You want, you want, okay. So, uh, the synopsis of Detroit Rock City, uh, rock loving teens and aspiring musicians, Hawk played by Edward Furlong, Lex played by Giuseppe Andrews. Trip, played by James DeBello, and Jam, played by Sam Huntington. Can't wait to see their favorite band, Kiss, perform at an upcoming concert. Who did in- you hate more, Lex or Trip? Trip. I, have you ever seen a screen presence you, you like less than Lex, though? I hated them both. I really like. I, I hate- Trip was a horrible character, like a, like <laughs> like a horrible human being. That's what I mean. Uh, but Lex, I hated watching him on screen. Lex's presence was awful, but also pretty forgettable, whereas Trip had lines that made me want to shoot my fucking television set. Lines and also I'm supposed to be on this kid's side. side? I just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I, it's not even I don't get it because I'm like a bleeding heart liberal. I don't get it from a story standpoint. Yeah. I don't get how any person could be with this guy. Well, no one – I mean were you on Hawk's side? More than the rest. I wasn't on any other side because I, I, I mean, hate them. I would say that the grading but, would be, in terms of being on their side, it would be Jam, yeah, then Jam, Hawk. way, 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 yeah. way up there. Because yeah, Jam was had a soul. And Still it, like below every other character I've ever seen in a movie, yeah, but sure, way, sure. way, 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 way up there. <laughs> Go on. Um, then Hawk. 
who's kind of neutral in the context of this movie. I mean, Edward Furlong is he's done a lot of drugs making this movie, right? He is not he is not the most charismatic. Well, but he's also he had a serious drug problem at this time. Maybe. I mean, I you might you might know for I mean, sure. Do, I mean, doing research, he, did he, have he it, was yeah. he this was like at his sort of nadar for what that's worth. Uh and then I would I I would put Lex above trip for me. Um yeah, I I don't know. I think They're all dirtbag kids. They're all dirtbag kids. <laughs> Lex Lex's character didn't do as much, but the actor who played them was as Lex, you know, unsympathetic I, as an as a as an actor I've ever seen. I know I I agree with you. I I there's a couple moments he was a, he was, a, he was like a little weasel always Egging but then the he became like do the wrong thing, and yeah. then he became a real prick. And he, he was a prick the whole time. He was a prick but he became a real prick when the car gets stolen. Yeah, um, and says horrible things to Jam. Yeah, I mean he's, they all do at that moment. But so I agree with you. Lex might he's, be, he's the kind of guy like I don't know why anyone would be friends with that guy. Like I, Trip, I know why people would be yeah. friends with Trip because he's kind of a big goof. Well, that's kind of. I, I was just going to say that you that there's a lot of horrible things that Tripp says, but it's baked into this like kind of dopey yeah. kind of stoner kid. It's barely a person. That it does feel less offensive, whereas Lex feels like he believes this shit. And he also, yes, Lex, like a little all right kid. Lex is, yeah. Lex is the one who kind of leads the conversations. Yeah. Whereas Tripp is just there for the ride to suck. And yeah. when push comes to shove, he's too stupid to come up with a good plan. He comes up with a terrible plan. Yeah, but- no, no, Lex definitely works at like the Daily Caller. Yeah, now. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, these these four assholes are going to see their favorite band Kiss perform at an upcoming concert in Detroit. However, when James, sorry, when Jam's pious mother, played by Lynn Shay, finds the tickets to the event, she incinerates them, leaving the boys desperate for a way to see the show. In their attempts to see Kiss, the lads endure misunderstandings, humiliation, and violence just to see their beloved idols. Anything for Kiss. Anything for Kiss. And by the way. Total five minutes of kiss footage, maybe. At, you mean at the end? Yeah, maybe yeah, nothing, nothing. I don't like. They, I guess they couldn't get them. <laughs> they only produced the movie. I guess they couldn't get them for uh, Detroit Rock City. Opened on for one day, August thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine, in thirteenth place with two point four million dollars behind Bowfinger and Broke Down Palace. Mm-hmm. It would go on to gross four point two million dollars on a thirty four million dollar budget. And this movie wasn't without fanfare. This you, movie got forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not. A total fucking disaster. Which is very weird because I, I went, I went looking for reviews and there weren't many. Right, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe that that that's that's technically true, but this movie is not particularly widely reviewed. No, I looked. I, I mean, I I went combing for some positives, some negatives, and I read for the, the most one, part they were all kind the of like album, they were all kind of shrugs, or <clears> or <throat> much worse than shrugs. They were like, this is terrible. It's a it's a it's a bad movie, guys. Don't I, watch Detroit Rock City. My first note. Yep. Was so this is a Kiss movie. I don't like Kiss. <laughs> and then I wondered what movies like this have been good, right? Because immediately it hit me, you know, that Gene Simmons produced it, that Kiss yeah, sure, Productions sure. produced it, whatever. And and it's not impossible. It, it has happened mm-hmm. where <clears throat> an artist is involved in the production of their of a movie that's about, about them. them or tangentially about them or about mm-hmm. them in one way or another that have been good. I mean a very obvious example, straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Compton is a good movie. It's and a good movie. Dre's involved. Yeah. Um, I think Ice Cube is also involved. Mm-hmm. And uh I mean I threw out on my list in my head, it's not really 
about these guys, but Purple Rain kind of falls in this category. Sure. Eight Mile kind of falls in this category. Sure. Um, do you have any others? Hard Day's Night. Yeah, I mean those are the those are the big ones that come. I mean, I would have come to the same conclusions. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know, Eight Mile. <clears throat> yeah, these are these are all movies that of of bands that are trying to kind of not just capitalize on their past, but do a little bit of soul searching, maybe, yeah. you know, and tell a deeper story, tell about a deeper themselves. story. Yeah. yeah I little, mean, give a little context of the life. Like right. you just gave some context to this movie. But I would also say too, that like all of those stories are infinitely more interesting than, than kisses. I mean, part of the problem here is that inherently in the DNA of this movie is a pretty stupid band. So, kind of going to make a stupid movie. And I mean, I'm sorry to all the Kiss fans out there. I'm not trying to like shit on your favorite band, but it's just like, it's for all the Kiss fans out there, you know, you love a goofy band. Like that's part of what you're, you love about them. So my, I think what I'm trying to say is there's a better version of this movie where it embraces the silliness of it. Right. And embraces the silliness of the band, but the band wouldn't let them do that because I guess Gene Simmons and co still believe that they're the coolest rock band in the world. I think that's the inherent disconnect for you and me, yeah. and will always be the disconnect. Yeah. Um, this band, ob- subjectively, I guess, isn't isn't cool. And the only good Kiss movie is a movie where they acknowledge that How these guys this aren't is. cool. Yeah. Um, well, it's like you remember Alice Cooper's cameo in Wayne's, Wayne's World, World yes. right? Where he kind of takes the piss out of himself a yes. little bit, and they they Alice still was worship- a little different. Right, but yeah. but also kind of the better version of this. That's what I'm saying. I th- yeah. Alice Cooper, the artist, is a little different than Kiss in that it's pretty clear to me Alice Cooper knows exactly what he's doing. Absolutely. He goes he's on, on stage, the he's playing an yeah. act, and then he goes back to the golf course yeah. and lives his really great life. He lives his great life. Um, where I Gene Simmons goes back to Fox News and talks about the immigrants at his doorstep and um, how he's going to shoot them all or whatever it is that he does. No, I'm trying <laughs> – this is a comedy show. I can say whatever yeah, I want. No, I mean, there is no, uh, there's no yeah. slander going on here. So. I mean, I, I think that I, I, but I agree with you. I, there, I think Alice Cooper is the best possible comparison here because mm-hmm. first and foremost, he's playing in the same sandbox as them yeah. in terms of being a, you know, makeup hairband talking about worshiping Satan, like just all of the sort of like the, the, the theatricality of kiss, but with the ability to be able to sort of laugh at himself a little bit. And this movie needed that desperately. Kiss is such shit, man. It really is, dude. If you like, <laughs> no, because it, it bothers me so much. All right, so so, all right. So th- there's Alice Cooper on one end of the spectrum, yeah. Yeah. who I think we I think we've diagnosed him pretty well. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, there are people who like are fucking actual devil worshippers, and I have a lot more respect for those people. Right. Well, like, where does Rob Zombie fit in all of this? A lot closer to the devil worshippers. Okay. Right. Rob Zombie lives the life. He's he's an artist first and foremost. He believes what he's preaching. He's not really a devil worshipper, but he absolutely is a punk. Right. He absolutely is a metal just, person. Okay. I'm making the point. I'm, I'm making is about is about Kiss. Yeah. But look at metal. Look at metal as well, that's genre. That's what I'm trying right? to do in my head. So some people look at metal as a genre. Metal as genre is necessarily or, or is is inherently a little silly. Yeah. But. There are people who completely believe and live that lifestyle and more power to them, right? Mm-hmm. As long as there's nothing – no heinous acts being committed, more power to them. And then in the middle of all that shit, you have Kiss, 
who puts the makeup on, calls himself things like fucking Star Child and Demon Child, and then sells their shit in comic book form and placemat form and t-shirt form and poster form and movie form, sells that shit to impressionable kids. And I don't care about the impressionable kids so much, just that, just that they're That's gullible. Three. No, I don't care about like – I don't care that the kids are listening to no, kids. I, I care that kids are yeah. fucking gullible yeah. and they're abusing metal, which like at its – Best is a very pure art form. It's literally fucking people, you know, guys, guitars, amps, and drums screaming about all the injustice in their lives. And these motherfuckers are screaming about like how how, how far they're going to stick their tongue down some girl's throat and selling it in fucking comic books and coloring books and cartoons. So yeah, I think <laughs> Kiss is one of the worst things this country's produced. But that's that is my hot take on Kiss. <laughs> Let's talk I about mean, I don't, let's talk about Detroit Rock City. I, I mean, I do think that um, it is worth stating that they are sort of in a very interesting genre of music, and by that I mean within the the, the parameters of whatever we want to call heavy metal. We have Corn, we have you know Marilyn Manson, Slipknot. I mean, there's a lot of bands in there that are all kind of sort of. I can't really gauge how seriously they're taking this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. is it part of an act? Is it not? Uh, insane clown posse or whatever. Like all it's of a lifestyle, the, but that's that means wait, a different... that's a lifestyle. Insane clown posse. Oh, sure, I believe the jugglers are a lifestyle, <laughs> but that's a different type of music. I mean, it is kind of like hardcore, but it's a different type of. music. But you under, I, I guess what I'm yeah, saying so is there's, there's a, a in the Venn diagram of these bands. Kiss falls in this kind of milieu, and that's a little bit. You know, so the thing about ICP, and I'm not a juggalo, <laughs> but that shit was organic. It was the fans who made the community, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like you're a Bjorkhead, there's the so that's fans not a thing. that Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the record, just putting um, that out there, Bjorkophile. The, yeah. the fans were the ones who made the community around ICP, right? They didn't go out there. Sure, and, it, it grew from the from the. The seed that was that was like, yes, that's yeah. right. Whereas Kiss came out and it's all fucking astroturf. It's astroturf. So all right, no. So roots. this movie starts with what something I, I Detroit Rock City oh, that yeah, I, I forgot about. They actually kind of liked, <clears throat> and and it was kind of just best hit. scene in the movie. I agree. No, 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 no. We're not even there yet. Oh, I liked that the New Line Cinema theme that they turned that it was like a guitar shred. I like when movies do that. I like that. Um, oh, yeah. I like that Scott Pilgrim opens with the eight bit Universal card. Like mm-hmm. I, I like that shit. It's yeah, fun. No, me too. Um, and it kind of lets you in on the fact that, like, okay, we're gonna kind of take the piss out of this. Well, or at also, least it yeah. seemed that way from the New Line Cinema card. <laughs> like, it, I don't know if it's the piss out of it so much for me. It just it does give it a little bit of a, a wink, a knowing. Yeah. To me, it's it's a little different. It gives it a little bit of a. New Line Cinema has blessed this movie with yes with the with, with you yes. can me- you can mess with our title card. Title yeah. cards are important. Yeah, right. I agree. They're negotiated against. You yeah. can mess with our title card. We trust yeah. this movie enough that like which is you know, crazy. We- yes, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. But it's you know but they I think did it's it. the allure of Kiss for some people who have never listened to a Kiss song. So this which mo- by the way aren't that bad, but you know that's not really the point. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess I don't know. I, I I like that it that it had fun with the credit with the with the title card. I think that's fun. 
I think you sort of agree with me. I agree with you. Right? That there's something kind of um, enjoyable about being able to kind of take the piss out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking something up really quickly here because um, it is what I thought it was. Okay. So this film was shot by John Leonetti. Okay. John Leonetti shot several episodes of Sleepy Hollow. Oh. So he's like a friend of yours? Friend. Friendly? I don't know. I don't know him. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't friend. Okay, never met him. He but. he worked on on a show I co created. Um, and then he directed a bunch of movies. Uh, he did The Conjuring. He shot The Conjuring. Um, he directed the Annabelle sequel. Blah blah blah. Anyway, he's gone on his side. Of, the reason I bring this up is you can see there was someone behind the camera that knew what he was doing. Now, whether or not the director of this movie wielded John Leonetti like a kid who found his daddy's gun is another thing that we can discuss. Because I do think that he kind of was like, yeah. And then like another fucking crash zoom and then like another fisheye lens. And then like the camera does all kind of like, it doesn't need to be doing something every fucking five seconds. Like sometimes the camera just has to like stand still and, and let a scene unfold. And I don't hold John Leonetti responsible for that. I'm just saying that there was a director of photography on this movie that knew what he was doing is the point I'm trying to make. Okay. And that it did add an energy to it that I think is helpful. Well, we'll see when you do zero to 99. Go ahead. Okay. What happens next? Uh, Jam's mom thinks she's putting on a Carpenter's record, but Jam is hiding his Kiss record in the sleep, which I don't understand. Jam played by uh, Sam, Sam Huntington, Huntington, who was so good in another teen movie. Um, and other things. He's been in a lot. Superman Returns. He was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, why would he do that? God knows. Makes no sense. Other but than like because also, the scene needed to Carpenters happen. are better than the fucking kiss. So. It's true. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his mom has better musical taste than he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 the reason I want to highlight the record in the sleeve thing is because that's how fucking lazy this movie is. Things happen because they have to happen, not because of any other rhyme or reason. Yeah. There are so many things in this movie where I was just like, as I've said to you before, because and we've had this discussion about other movies, about how many buys you get. And each movie is different for me. I can't, I can't tell you how many it is. But I sit down in front of a film, and if it's working for me, then there's a couple buys. And I'm like, all right, you know what? You, you've bought yourself the, the rope to be able to do that. This movie, however, pisses them away so fucking quickly that I'm just like, why is anything happening in this movie? It's all just haphazard. It all seems to have no rhyme or reason. Okay. Uh, anyway, the mom puts on what she thinks is a Carpenter's record, but it's a Kiss record, and she loses her shit. And just speaking to your point yeah. about all the thing, all the bullshit obstacles, yeah, there are like three ridiculous things that happen to this record player in order, that, yeah, that in, yeah, in order to make it so she can't turn it off. It's insane. The knob breaks. The the plug is in such a place where she can't pull it out from behind. And the then cabinet. she can't open the fucking like she can't, can't literally open the top. Open the top. And just like I, I don't even. The whole thing just felt like such like it's just such a joke. No, no. I'll I'll make one kind of counterpoint. Okay, it's so silly that if that were the point of this this movie, I know. But this is I think that's where you and I are going to continue to have bump up against this because like this feels like something that would happen in a fucking Kiss music video if it were crazy, right? Like they will agrees. There, there are just (laughs) producer will producer will. There, there are just um. Yeah, this movie, I guess, had the possibility to be a crazy fucking far out movie, 
But it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't was because they had the service kiss. And also because kiss is no fucking aesthetic. Kiss is no fucking like, 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 there's no, like even the Beatles, like magical mystery tour, like the Beatles had set up such an aesthetic where a movie like that can exist. But all kisses right. is like knights and Satan's Satan service. Like it's it's all there in your face. There's not. There's no subtext. There's there's. But yes, I mean, like, listen. We're, you we're you kind said of, you yeah. said it, it, it could happen in a kiss music video. I've never seen a kiss music video. So but, you're you're directing the kiss music video in your mind. Well, am I wrong? I don't know what that means. Have you seen a kiss music video? Yeah, I don't know which one. Okay, but but hear me out, Kenny. Like I, I'm not disagreeing with you. If we're talking about quality, we're on the same page. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. We're but we're not. You're talking about an aesthetic, and my point is that aesthetic does exist, and I think that they were running with it. I think this whole movie is an extended fucking kiss video. I true I truly believe that. For good or for bad. It's 94 minutes of four kids getting laid, saying how awesome Kiss is, and then meeting Kiss at the end. It's a giant music video for Kiss. I think it's a I I agree with you. Okay. I think it's a giant infomercial for Kiss, and I think I mean we can split hairs if you'd like. Well, the between an infomercial and a music video, if you'd like, it's basically the same thing. An infomercial and a musical are both an attempt to sell the band, right? But I think that this that that you can see the strings, you can see the seams sure. so much, so it takes you out of any immersive experience of a music video and just feels like so. Like, all four of these kids get laid in this movie. Am I supposed? to? Kiss fans get laid. I'm not saying Kiss fans don't get laid. I'm just saying like that's part of the message. Like, listen to Kiss, you're gonna get fucked. So I, I think that uh, okay, that by the whole the whole aesthetic of the whole movie, but I, I find I find kind of infuriating because it's so clearly an aesthetic. But we're there's we're, nothing immersive about it. It's, yeah, but we're I mean, okay, we're agreeing on that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm we're, we we are we are two shades of gray. I'm with you. Okay, cool. Uh, here's what I'll say. I didn't hate necessarily hate that the way the film opened because we texted about it a little bit, and I was like, this movie might not be that bad. I didn't, you know, I liked their them playing that when their band plays at the beginning, they were appropriately shitty. That felt to me like what a shitty Kiss band or or a cover band of Kiss in a basement of their it it, it seemed believable to me. They seemed like a real high school band. They sucked. They sucked. They sucked, and that's the point. Um, anyway, Jam's mom ruins the band practice and drags Jam home with her. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. I got to say, like, 
considering the price tag this movie had on it, it's it's a pretty solid production. It looks seedy and grimy. You know, that stuff is tough to do. You know, when you are doing period stuff, it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a relatively good job about that in this movie. Sure. Just saying. Uh <laughs> We talked about Edward Furlong seeming like a huge burnout because he kind of was. Um, hopefully he's turned it around. I think he's turned it around. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawk then calls Jam in a panic the next morning because they can't find their Kiss concert tickets. Thankfully, Jam accidentally brought home in his jacket pocket All the night four. before. Yes. Uh, Jam tells the guys that his mom wouldn't let him wear the, the jacket with the tickets in it. So they have to go by his house after school. I'm still with you. Like, again, the the fucking gymnastics that are necessary in order to get us where we got to go. And yeah. none of it is believable. It's all really stupid. It's all unmotivated. Um, then there's a terrible joke that Edward Furlong says, as they say in the tampon biz, see you next period. Mm-hmm. Not the worst joke. It's not uh, a good joke. It's a terrible, it's a terrible it's a joke. joke. It's a terrible joke, but I don't think it's. The, the worst, worst thing in this movie. No, no. Then Melanie Linsky shows up. A young Melanie Linsky. Which is like. Really nice to see her. Yeah. But she's not bad in this movie. She's sweet. She's fine. It, I like she, she again, like and she uh, was also there's there's it, although it makes her plotly makes no sense, but we'll talk about but that. But there's later. an interesting thing with her in that so you know her name in the movie. Beth. Yes, and named after Kiss's, the uh, Beth, yeah. Kiss's only song that isn't about like destroying girls from the inside out. It's like their real love song. Right, right, but which is also about destroying women, just more emotionally. Than yeah, <laughs> but it really it's like an attempt to be like a it's their ballad. It's their ballad, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's the, their yeah. It was their stairway to heaven or whatever. They're like sad songs. It's the, that's that's that that's literally the point of my anti kiss <laughs> diatribe. Yes, you're right. It is their stairway to heaven. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is who they thought Beth was. Yeah. This is that. This is Kiss. Basically, you She's know, a sweet girl. Yeah, I think that I, I think a that sweet it, Jewish girl, apparently. Sweet, sweet Jewish girl, it, with, which makes sense with the name Beth. It betrays something about Kiss uh, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by. I'm intrigued that they think that, like, in, yeah. in some world, young Melanie Linsky is like one of their girlfriends. That's crazy to me, but I. Don't know how crazy it is. Um, I don't know. Isn't she just four Jewish guys? Pretty sure it is, uh, right? At least one Jewish guy. Uh, so we see Melanie Linsky. She's in uh, in Jam's class. He, she's sitting next to him. She's drawing love notes about him in her notebook. Um, Jam's mom gets on the PA system at this point and rants about finding their kiss yeah. tickets in the jacket, and everyone at the school laughs at Jam. Like, the mom is played so broadly and so insanely that you hate her, but not necessarily for what I don't really know how to explain it. It's like, I hate everything she stands for to a certain extent, but she's also so broad and so ridiculous that I'm just like, I don't even want, I don't know. Okay. I'll I'll explain this in wrestling terms. Perfect. And you'll get it. (laughs) Perfect. Wrestling. They're the good guys and the bad guys. and wrestling guys. My two favorite things. Actually, they've, they've crossed over before. (laughs) Not surprisingly, there yeah, was a, no, no not surprisingly, there. and this is exactly the fucking point of Kiss. There was a fucking Kiss sponsored wrestler. Okay, what was so, his name? His name was the Demon. Obviously, um, so so um, <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, he and he and and like most wrestlers, he wasn't a Kiss inspired wrestler. 
Kiss like fucking was like, we need a wrestler. And they put him out there named the Demon. Okay. All right. But here's the thing in wrestling. <laughs> okay. You're good guys and bad guys. Yeah. The, the, ba- the good guys are called faces. The bad guys are called heels. Right? And it's very important to have a heel. The heel is someone you hate so much that you pay to see him get beat. Right? Okay. It's that simple. Now, there's another thing called go away heat, which is you hate the guy so much, you just don't even want to pay to see him get beat. See what I mean? Like, there are people who yeah, just – Donald Trump is a perfect heel. We hate him so much, but we're dying to see him get beat. We're, you and I yes, are yes, literally yes. tuning in every day to see what he says. We get in the hopes so that angry he goes down. And the hopes that someone beats him. Robert Mueller is our current face champion. Um, <laughs> but there are other people like <laughs> mm, Paul Ryan right now. He's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I just, like, I don't even want you in my McConnell. Mitch McConnell. There's just so many of these people. You're just like, Whoa. I mean, like, yeah. Honestly, the, the biggest one of them all right now is fucking Mike Huckabee. Like, Mike Huckabee is just like, I roll my eyes every time he tweets some shit. And it's just like, <sighs> like you're, you're not So you're gonna, saying the mom falls into this somehow? Mike Huckabee. And she just falls into this like, yeah, like, like, I, I, like, I don't hate you. I just don't want you in this movie. Like, I, I well, just, she also just feels like I'm not looking for you to get beat. I just you're such a bad decision yes, to yes, have here. Yes, you're, you're you and know? you're you're a terrible obstacle. You're an obstacle in the worst possible way. Yes. Um. So she sucks. She gets on the piece. Not a bad wrestling analogy, right? No, it worked. All right. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought I'd, I can't I wait know. for her. Is it beyond the map? Beyond the map, but that's not going to go the way I want it to go because it's it's really about how terrible the business is. Okay, but I'll I'll dive right in. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Jam's mom, who knows how the fuck she gets on the PA system, but she somehow gets on the PA system. Uh, and um, I literally, I just wrote, this feels completely insane to me and a huge buy. I'm not sure I can ride with this movie if stuff like this keeps happening. It only gets worse, guys. Uh, so then um, she burns her tickets, right? It's at this point that she burns the tickets? Yeah, oh, I mean, and then fucking smokes a cigarette with it. It's just like... Right, so she burns she, the tickets. And lights a cigarette. She feels like there's actually, and I hate to even say this because it, it 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 does not... It's going to sound deriding to Sam Raimi, but there is a Sam Raimi kind of vibe to this movie. The, the comedy is really dialed up, and because of the way it's shot, it has this sort of manic quality to it. She seems like a villain from a from a fucking Evil Dead movie. Maybe that, and and that I think you and I are are, are we keep dancing around this. Maybe that's what they wanted. I and maybe they, they just they weren't did. capable of delivering that. I just don't or, think this movie's for us. Well, I don't think it's for anybody. But maybe they weren't able. Maybe they just weren't capable of delivering on the. Right, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, early Peter Jackson. I, you know, look. I said Grindhouse, right? I think this is like a Grindhouse movie, but it can't go all the way because it's about Kiss. So that's it. But yes, so she burns the tickets. She drags Jam out of the school. The remaining kids, Hawk, Lex, and Trip, um, are being chased by some hall guard named Elvis, who again is so broadly written, it's crazy. They run into the girl's bathroom, mm-hmm. and a girl comes in, and they hide in one of the stalls, and they all stand on the toilet seat. And then the toilet shatters under their Wait, weight. They all look at her while she's peeing, sitting on the toilet, well, and then while she, she's farting. And then she's farting, and then they're like, 
this is hilarious. Then the toilet shatters out from underneath them. The stalls go over with which, them, which like makes me think like, could this toilet not accommodate like a really heavy person? Well, like these are like that. these are, like four skinny this porcelain guys. toilet is never going to shatter under their weight. But this is a prime example to me of how much that cost to do. Yeah. You and I work in television. You and I have worked in movies. What have you? Well, That's, have we worked in movies? You know what I mean. One day we. You won't. know, my point is, you. I mean, I went to film school. So. Oh, all right. I've watched a lot of movies. Point is, that effect, that action, that mm-hmm. beat, whatever it is, was really fucking expensive and unnecessarily expensive. That's how this movie gets to thirty-four million dollars. If you're going to have this elaborate moment of the whole fucking bathroom basically exploding, yeah. and it's you know, and, and I can I can see whatever. why it's in the movie because it's a very easy moment to pitch right it's a very eat but it's such a it's a we've seen this moment i know it sucks but when you're (laughs) but when you're pitching like this is the kind of crazy shit that's going to happen in your movie gene all the boys are going to be spying on this girl in the bathroom but then the stalls are going to break and the toilet's going to break and it'll be like i love that and you got to put it in the movie um (laughs) and i'm putting this a lot at his feet but i got to put it at someone's feet and i and i i hesitate to put it at any actual professional film professional's feet because of all the reasons you said and also because it's incredible you said this too, but yeah. really the hackiness of it all. Like, well, this is also like, and like yeah. the joke is on this girl for what? For being a girl, like for, for being a girl bathroom. and using the bathroom. It's like, give me a fucking break. It's awful. That anyway, uh, then there's a great shot of the gates of the boarding school as Jam's mom is making that he, that she's making Jam go to, and that felt very Ramy to me. That that this just big dumb. fish eye, dum dum dum, going through these crazy gothic gates. Yeah, it's okay. It it's not a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, then the guys hear about a Kiss concert ticket slash backstage pass giveaway on the radio during shop class. They win the tickets. Some might say too easily. Well, yes, but yes, it's actually the only like kind of the only I thing liked. that there was the only and the only twist that maybe go like, huh, I didn't yeah, see that coming. Yeah, me too. Uh, they win the tickets. The guys decide to bust Jam out of his school. Uh, Elvis chases the guys out of the school. It's a pretty fun chase scene, actually. Some nice handheld camera work there of them like running through the halls, which is actually kind of fun. Um, then they get to the we get to the school, and Joe Flaherty plays the priest at school. Speaking of freaks and geeks, mm-hmm. uh, he's fine. He's yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he has to take mushrooms, and he does a decent job. The guys spike the priest. Okay, this is the other fucking thing. So Hawk poses as a pizza delivery guy to sneak into the school. So the priest has ordered a pizza. Coincidentally, we, just They because- got lucky. Okay. No, oh, I'm not defending. I'm joking. I, I was like, so fucking why, the, why is the priest ordering the pizza? Who the fuck knows? Because the story needs him to. Like, right. it's just lazy shit at every turn. The guys spike the priest's, the priest's pizza with hallucinogenic mushrooms. And then there's like a the the umpteenth beat of of a person taking drugs unbeknownst to them in a position of power or authority, yeah. and we laugh at them. Uh, but they bust him out, and they get in Lex's lesbian obstetrics mom's car. Okay, because Lex's mom is a lesbian and she's an OB mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. For what reason, I'm not entirely sure. And by the way, you would think that would give Lex a little bit of perspective yeah. on women. None. None Teen- whatsoever. Teenage dirtbag. That's just he's just he's just not down with that. He's a teenage dirtbag. I, I one thing I, I I think was an incredible misstep in this movie. 
One um, of many. One of many mm-hmm. is setting at least half of it during the day. Yeah, it's ugly. It should have all just been set at night. Maybe even in real time. I agree. Because and even if it doesn't make sense, I could see, I could see the conversation. I could it say, gets well, to night though. Like once they get to Detroit, the whole thing is at night and looks better. Absolutely. But they could have. Uh, yeah. I, I could see the conversation saying, "But you know, it never would have made sense. They have to be in school, and then you have that time to go. Like just lose that shit. Yep. Just ha- like have it set at night, and mm-hmm. it'll just be a cooler movie and look better. I agree. I, all the dangers the, ramped up. All the this drive, day stuff. Is, all the all the day driving stuff looks really drab really, and really shitty. Really drab. Um, but I do kind of love that they did the three sixty shot in the car before Alfonso Garon did it in uh, Baron <laughs> did it in Children of Men. Well. <laughs> Trailblazers. <laughs> Which I kind of I don't know. I thought that made me go like, huh, all right. Um so Natasha Leone and I'm gonna let you pronounce Emmanuel's last name because I can't Shrieky, I believe. Okay. Um She was on a little show you wrote on, right? She was. She was on uh Little HBO uh, Entourage? Show. Little show, don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Entourage. <laughs> she played Sloan. Um She was one of the best things on that I show, have by the way. Nothing but fond. She's fantastic. Feelings towards her, fond memories of her. Also Canadian. Um, also Canadian, also Jewish. Um, she is uh, she's a lovely person. Always was lovely to me, though. I doubt she remembers me. She was so good in every scene we gave her. She has, she's I got don't nothing to understand do why she is not a huge movie star because she has such presence. And yeah. She's so beautiful. Wasn't she and, good in uh, Zohan? She was good in Zohan. Yeah. She's still in stuff. I mean, it's not like she's, but I think she should have been a big star. Either way, she's, she's in, in the worst scene in this movie. She's in the worst scene in this movie. And, and unfortunately, is one of the worst people in this movie. Well, she wasn't she that sucks. bad, but whatever. No, like, not, not the performance, the character. And the wig. Well, the wig, yeah. Too. But it's a terrible So Natasha Leone, Emmanuel Shrieky, and a bunch of Italian stereotypes get upset. Who they call Guidos. They do. Yep. Um, Even uh, the chapter in on the Stella's, DVD Stella's and Guidos. Guidos. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have the DVD? No. I, I uh, got it from Apple TV, but when you pause it, they have the chapters. Oh, my God. It. Yeah. Guidos. Guidos. And so I, uh, I paused it here to go and puke, and then I came back. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go. I had to go puke a little, and then I just um, came back. So they get in a argument or a altercation with the Guidos and the Stellas because they throw a piece of pizza out because the window. Because they fucking started. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. They throw a piece of pizza out the window, and it and it lands on their windshield. So these guys get upset about that, mm-hmm. which is not un, you know merited. Uh, anybody would get upset about it. Yeah, and then and then it becomes a, a chase scene essentially. Yep. And then the guys because dr- we, we got to have a car chase. How are you going to get a car chase in there? We got to get pizza. a piece of pizza. Throw it out the window. Ooh, whoa, like you mean the pizza from before? Hmm, I like that. I like that continuity. All right, go ahead. continuity. They get in a chase. They drive them off the road. The guys drive uh, our heroes, if you want to fucking call them that, off the road. Um, and then they kind of they rub his uh, Edward Furlong's face in the pizza on the windshield, which is all they did. Yes. That's all they did. That's all they did. Yes. Then Edward Furlong kicks the driver in the balls. That's right. Ties them up, puts kiss makeup on them, and drives their car into a ditch. It feels like a little bit of an overreaction. It's so. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, we. I, I just don't get the scene. Like I get, like all right, I get it a little bit. In that. There's something else about it. The the Guidos yeah. 
are representing disco. And, and the, the Stellas. And the Stellas. Yeah. Never even heard of that term. Neither. And the Stellas. Um, they're representing disco. And there's yeah. a longstanding rock disco feud that's kind of boiling over at this moment. Okay? Sure. And and rock definitely won. Like, there's no question about that. <laughs> like, rock has won in real life. So Still to this day? Because I would, I, would, I would venture to say that electronic music is giving uh, rock music a run for its money now. Mm, that's not really what I mean. I mean, like, in the 80s. Like dis- oh yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I disco meant, died, but disco and, led and to may things have that we resi- are still. Disco died, and like 15 years later was resurrected as EDM. Mm-hmm. But that's not really disco. Like disco was, disco was a, a an out uncool style. And I think what happened here was they were playing on this exact idea that like yeah. everybody hates disco. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have the Guido, you know, yeah. yeah. John Travolta types roll up mm-hmm. riding for disco. Yep. Everyone's going to cheer because everyone fucking hates, hates disco. disco. I so I can do whatever I want to these guys, even if their only crime is shoving the guy's face in the pizza he threw at their car. What they do to these guys is so over the top. Yeah. They beat the fucking shit out of them with weapons, yep. right? They whip their belts off. Yeah, it's true. They wrap fucking like a chain wallet around their knuckles. Like it's just these fucking skinny nerds like are just beating the crap out of these guys yeah, like and red getting right now. I just rid of their and, and, and rolling their car <laughs> down yeah, that's crazy it's psychotic. it's insane psychotic it's psychotic but and, then the guys say something after that that made me almost okay with what they did to them what they say they so basically the guys they knock the guys unconscious and handcuff them to the guardrail and then they wake up and they have kiss makeup on and the one guy's like why did they have to put i don't know how to say this without it sound like without saying the word itself you didn't say you didn't write it you said it's okay i won't hold it against you uh why'd they have to put faggoty makeup on us and then i was like okay cool these guys deserved it yeah but that's basically but the you remember it. what they said in the what they say to the car what they say in the car to natasha leone like seconds later oh yeah about the village people oh well that so I come thought, on. There's a bunch of stuff in that conversation. They say a lot of it terrible starts stuff. With okay, so then the guys are driving. Natasha Leone has ditched her friend and the and the Italian. I'm not like I'm not thrilled. Like one group of gay bashers no, no, beat no, up I, another group. Of I, gay know, bashers. I know. I know. Like, they're, 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 they're both. They're both. I just the fact that like uh, everyone keeps using that word in this movie. It just really pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, and like I get it. I get that. Like I want to at least say this. It was different. It was in '78, in '99. Okay, <laughs> it was different. People said it all the time, and yeah. there are like you I have. To, there are the standards of the times that you do, in some sense, have to hold the movie to. So it's not so much. It's not so much the the usage of the word. It's the intent behind it that always. Yeah, because they're they're saying that it is. It's mal- the worst thing you can malicious be. intent. Yeah. Intent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. There are other. You know. Things like it's not they don't use the word, but uh knocked up kind of famously, I know you're gay because right. that's not as malicious. I mean, I think that's aged very poorly, but it doesn't have the same like yeah. you're the worst guy in the world. I agree. Okay. So they they Natasha's ditched her friends, uh, or whatever you want to call them, and they see her walking on the side of the road, and Jam says we should pick her up. This is how scary movies start. And then Trip says, This is how porno movies start. Mm-hmm. They pick her up. They put her. They put her. They, she gets in the back seat, and I mean, I gotta hand it to Natasha Leone. She holds her own. 
you know what I mean? Like she has a, 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 a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A presence yeah. that makes her seem like someone you can't fuck with. She always holds her own. Which is great. There's no, because otherwise this would have been bad news bears, but she holds her own for the most part. Again, in a thankless role, almost as thankless as American pie, which we've, we covered earlier. Worse than her role in American. Well, sure. Especially what happens near the end. Yeah. So they pick her up. The first thing trip says to her is, are you going to suck all our dicks? Like that's, was that okay to say in 78? Was that okay to say in 99? I think so. I do. I think so. So I think. she says no, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Uh, and then she kind of gets into some pseudo witty bantery stuff with Hawk, kind of. Like her and Edward Furlong have like an okay chemistry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't end up together. I don't, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this movie almost honestly has like a crash vibe with this Natasha Leon story because they're so abusive towards her. Crash, crash the bad crash. Okay, they're so abusive towards her. Yeah, and they're terrible. And at the end, they that's true. Fucking Giuseppe Andrews saves her. It's gross. Well, it's that's, the same idea, right? It's yeah. the same Matt Damon idea. And they did it, Matt Damon. Ma- sorry, Matt Dillon idea. Matt Dillon. Okay. Matt Dillon, Tandy Newton idea. Yes, yes, yes. Where and they did it seven years earlier, but you know this movie weirdly didn't win the Academy Award, so people don't remember it the same way. So I want to tell you some of Giuseppe Andrews' experimental movies he directed. Please. So the quick Giuseppe Andrews, Adam Rifkin story mm. is that Giuseppe Andrews is Giuseppe Andrews, <laughs> born Joey Mercia Jr. And has not been in a lot of movies. He was in basically this movie and a couple of other things. Um, but he's also the director of, of like very low budget independent movies that Adam Rifkin thinks are brilliant. Right? He's come out and said, I think he's the most brilliant filmmaker of our time. These movies have... Titles like <laughs> Vagrant Womb, Pregnant with a Swastika, Homo Robot Paradise Slob, Doll Bottle. Uh, let me keep going. Do- Se- doll Bottle, I would watch. Sex Acid. Wait, what? Sex Acid. Okay. Um, Love Seat, A Portion of Self. That's oh pretty good. That one's, yeah. That's the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. I actually like this one. Esoterica. <laughs> actually this is another good one too airplane pillows that was actually pretty yeah. solid or so this is his older work this actually gets way better um <laughs> cat piss sure sure garbanzo gas uh you know what you know what maybe this guy o- is a genius okie dokie <laughs> 2007's okie dokie uh, 2005's gwank <laughs> That's not even a word. Gwank is the only not word. Oh, I, all right. I got the best one. I got the best one. His number one best movie. Actually, all right. So I have two best ones. The the, the like the obvious hilarious best one is Who Flung Poo. <laughs> and my real favorite is his fourth movie ever, Dad's Chicken. <laughs> You know what? I kind of agree with Adam Rifkin. Yeah, it was better than I thought. Just based on the titles. Dad's Chicken is pretty good. So our guys pull into Detroit. And this actually might be my favorite moment in the movie. Just the montage of the kids excited to be in Detroit. Surrender playing in the background. Like it's a great great, song. It's a great song. It's a great needle draw. It's great like music cue to image. Like if the movie... And the movie does not succeed at doing this. But if the movie was able to harness the energy, the joy and the sort of innocence and the just the the pure sort of like unadulterated like 
fucking ecstasy that these kids are feeling in this scene, we would have had something. All right. So I'll tell you the, the way to fix this movie. It's so simple. Okay. Um, these kids should have been losers. Yeah, absolutely. But losers. Losers. Yeah. They shouldn't have beaten people I up. I agree. They shouldn't be smoking. Yeah. They should be fucking. Full on full, fucking nerds. Full on. Yeah. Kiss nerds who have the shirts and wear the makeup. Well, you know who they are? They're Rivers Cuomo, who's a yes. diehard Kiss fan and was a huge nerd in school. Yes. Like that's with the fucking glasses. Like that's what they needed to be. And then you could have sold the idea that Kiss yeah. is one of the key ingredients that helps make you self-confident. Yeah. And therefore cool. Yeah. But they came out of this, they came into this movie essentially fully formed scumbags. <laughs> um, I mean, Rivers Cuomo, I mean, listen, I don't know, maybe he was, I, I, from what I've read, he was a nerd in school. Maybe he wasn't. But my point he's is, a, the aesthetic guy. that goes with it, to your point, is that if these felt like geeks rather than the freaks sure. in this equation, and, you know, you're following these, but... You know why this didn't happen, obviously, because Kiss wouldn't let a bunch of losers no. like them. So they had to be these fucking dirtbag kids, which they unfortunately are. They're, 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 and like, I, I do want to like kind of hit hit this point. Like, yeah, yeah. people might think people might think these kids weren't cool. Yeah, these were the coolest kids in the school. They are the kids who were who were bad enough to smoke in the bathroom and skip school, and the teachers hated them and get kicked out of school. They were in a band. They're parents hated them like that was cool it, like agree. being a jock like i guess that's cool too yeah but it's cool in a very establishment way and ultimately like it's not that cool to be like the principal's favorite student so that's my point about these guys it would have been a lot better if they were i could if they were picked on i agree uh christine falls asleep in the car and trip says they should lift up her skirt because that's this movie guys mm-hmm. well because he said it's a cool <laughs> <laughs> and rapists. I guess popular is the word. Uh, it's cool, but you know what I mean. So they get they're to, not cool. They get they're obviously the not station. cool, nor are they popular. But they are. They're you guys know exactly who they are. They have a status. I don't need to, I don't need to explain it to you. They're they have a very good relationship with our with our listeners. Yeah, you understand yeah. all of our listeners, all of them. Uh, they get to the radio station. They just ditch Christine. They leave her asleep in the car, which they don't show. By the way, they just kind of like offhandedly say whatever. So they go in. And the, they get to the station and they find that the trip hung up the phone before he gave the DJ or the the DJ or whatever uh, his information. Is it radio DJ thing? Is yeah. That okay. Uh, before he gave his personal information, so they gave the tickets to the next caller. And I and I admittedly didn't see that turn coming. I was a little bit surprised by that. And like weirdly, everybody handled that moment the way. It yes. would be handled. There yes. was they weren't making fun of them for fucking up. The DJ was like, "I'm sorry, this is just what happens." Yeah, and Trip was like, "I guess that I'm screwed." It's yeah. just like the whole thing just felt actually it it believable. It, it yes. was it was a good moment. It was the and, and and I will say this: it was not just an unpredictable moment, but it actually sets the movie on an interesting course by shattering our four guys and sending them in four different directions. Best moment of the movie. It's the best moment of the movie. And it's, and it's the smartest screenwriting moment of the movie, Mm -hmm. because if we had to watch these four guys, it it just, it wouldn't have worked. So I, I give them credit for that, that they are making it hard for these guys to get to the concert. Um, the, then, then Lex's mom's car is stolen or Christine took it. We don't know, Mm -hmm. but it sets off an argument between Lex and jam where basically Lex says, drummers are supposed to have balls. Why do you give a shit about this girl? And we shouldn't have picked her up in the first fucking place, which is a terrible thing to say and makes you hate Lex. 
And then Hawk says to Jam, and then, and then Jam tries to explain like why they should have done it. And then Hawk says to Jam to shut your agony mouth up. Like it's all just awful. All of them are awful in this moment to such. Now I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for it, but they are at their, their lowest. They have lost these tickets and blah, blah, blah. So they, they're lashing out, but in such a really repulsive way Mm -hmm. that, at this point, I was like, fuck all of these guys. I mean, short of Jam, who sort of kind of is trying to do the right thing, these other three guys, I was like, fuck them so hard. I don't give a shit. Right. Jam's mom is at a protest and spots Jam. I mean, again, coincidence on coincidence on coincidence in this fucking movie. But Jam's mom is at a protest. She sees Jam and then drags him to a Another- nearby church. Church. I mean, the first one was in a church, but it was a church, right? Right. So it's a repeat beat of the church. So I don't even dr- understand it. And then to just continue. It's like her version of like Juvie. I don't get it. But To compound the fucking coincidences in this movie, Beth sees Jam's mom dragging Jam to the church because she just happens, happens to, to be, be there eating. with her fucking parents at a diner just nearby. Where, and they live. We know they live far away. Far away and that they're they on their way out of town. This diner? And they're on their way yeah. to move to some somewhere else. Kalamazoo. Doesn't, doesn't matter. So she says to her parents, can I go talk to Jam and say goodbye to him? And the parents, easily the worst parents I've ever fucking seen in a movie, like, yeah, fuck it. Just be here when – just don't be fucking late. Like, her dad's just a fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, and you've seen Precious, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, Worse than Monique and Precious. So then a scalper convinces Hawk to strip for money to get a good ticket to the concert. Just so happens to be a female, I mean a male strip club named the Training Men right on the street corner that just so happens to be having a male, an amateur, amateur male stripper contest that night that just so happens to be for the amount of money that, that they all need to buy the tickets from the scalper. And there's a lot more just so happens when they get inside. Who's working at the strip club, Kenny? Who's working? I mean – Who's, There's a man working at the strip oh, club. Oh, Ron Jeremy's working at the strip club. I mean, obviously. Because of course he I mean, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he has this really weird separate, self-deprecating joke at the end. Yeah. It's just like, dude, we know what you do. It's like, we, it, like, I, we like, yeah, no. we know that your entire fucking net worth is because people see you naked. Like, stop. Like, just give me a break. Trip suggests that they beat up kids for kiss tickets. That is what I was alluding to earlier. That is just I. <laughs> First of all, um, what is, what kids are going to the Kiss concert? I know so alone, alone. So what, there's that. What beat upable kids are? So there's that. But he the, goes all right. The, so, the, so the suggestion on the suggestion on its own is just like you're an idiot. He goes to do it. Yeah. Because like, he's a fucking asshole. Let's get real about this. Yeah. He, he goes to a, a he goes to a convenience to store. He scopes out a kid who's got Kiss makeup on. It should also be said that all of this is happening in a, like a three block radius of the concert. It's kind of like uh, like it, like Hill Valley. It's kind of like it's right around like, the clock yeah. tower. If yes. like all the stores around the this, the town hall clock tower area yeah. were a strip club, a convenience store, um, what was just oh like a auto body shop? I mean, yeah. I also want to say that this movie was shot in and around Toronto. It was shot in Scarborough. And in other Ontario locations, including Cops Coliseum, which is where they shoot the end of this movie. I say that because Hamilton 
feels like the right place to film this. Well, let's you would know better it, than me. Let's just leave it at that. Hamilton's kind of the, the Detroit of yeah. Canada. It's got, it's got a very big steel plant. It's it's very um, – so it's got that. Hamilton's the kind of the one major Canadian city that doesn't have a hockey team. I, I guess there's probably a correlation there. There's talk of them trying to get out. Oh, really? Team. Yeah. They do have a CFL team, right? With the Sabercats or something? Hamilton something or others, yes. They do have a CFL team, I think. Is it? I thought it was Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. I don't know. They, they might have Tiger Cats. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, so Trip goes to a convenience store, scopes it out, finds a kid who he can beat up that has Kiss makeup on. But of course, that kid's brother, brother. is a is like a bodybuilder named and Chongo. Which feels insensitive in some form or another. It just feels wrong. Yeah. I can't. I, anyway, uh, so that kid calls his brother and his Chongo. bodybuilding friends over. Yeah, he happens to be to rolling with two other bodybuilders. Beat the shit out of Trip. Hawk gets who, drunk. Who, at I the, guess at this point we're supposed to be like, don't beat him up. Like we like this guy so much. Don't. Beat I don't this know. Up. I really. I'm. I'm like kick yeah. the shit out of him. Of course, I'm like kick the shit. So out of we him. we cut back to Hawk. He's at this strip club. He's uh, he's drunk now. He's called up to the stage. He also has been clocked by Tracy Lords. It's not Tracy Lords. It's Shannon uh, Tweed. Sorry, by Shannon Tweed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she's been clocked by. He's been clocked by Shannon Tweed, who's kind of just like sitting at the bar using yeah. another bar stool for her. L- Showing off her legs. She's like, you know, hot older woman. Sure. We know exactly where this is going to go from the moment you see her, but okay. I actually thought there was going to be a twist on that. That's that's very charitable of you. So uh, Hawk gets drunk, gets called up on stage. There's a long, drawn-out vomit joke that goes on for, would you say, about a minute, Kenny? Um, All right. So I have mixed feelings about the vomit joke. Okay. One, it's the grossest. It's really vomit gross. because he doesn't just vomit on the floor. He in the vomits toilet. in a jug. In a jug. So the jug like just fills up with vomit, and then he puts it on the the waiter's butt tray. It looks pretty good. Yeah, vomit usually looks really bad. Looks pretty good. It's so disgusting. I like. I wanted to throw up myself. It goes on for a really long time. It's really it gross. does. But then uh, he he rallies uh, and he dances, sort of. Dances terribly. Uh, dances terribly. It's really dumb. Um, and then uh, and, and trips down to his kiss underwear. Of course, because you can get kiss anything. Of course, with Gene Simmons standing, like Gene Simmons's tongue where, where the dick hole dick is. is. Yeah. It's a joke. I hate it. When they cut directly to fucking trip reading a kiss comic, yeah, because these are some of the things you can buy. If you're a Kiss fan, so there'll, that there'll be there'll be a link on our uh, Twitter page to all of the. No, there won't be. No, there won't be. Uh, Beth sneaks into Jam's confession booth, kisses him, confesses her crush on him, all, and then fucks him in the confession booth. All while all while the pastor is 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 hoping that he'll come up with a better scandalous story to tell him all he wants it's disgusting moving on so that happens um (laughs) so at this point i wrote that said i like that jam gets the girl fuck his asshole friends but then all of his friends get fucking girls yeah they all fuck yeah 
<laughs> this movie fucks. Yeah, they do that. Literally yeah. every one of them gets to go. So Hawk loses the stripping contest, but he's propositioned by Shannon Tweed. Uh, someone tries to rob the convenience store. The trip is in. Just coincidentally, he steps every up and stops the Every beat ends with the day of X Machina. Yeah, everything. every single beat. Everything. In this movie. It's like, oh, look, Beth and then there's randomly a guy that- shows up. Win. Another yep. robber randomly shows up when Trip is planning to rob yep. the convenience store. But this strengthens my argument, Kenny. This strengthens my music video argument of like, this is just a fucking 94 minute kiss music video. Like, they're, they're not, I don't even feel like they're really trying. It's it truthfully feels like a beer commercial or you know what I mean where it's just like everything falls in these kids I just laps. feel like everything you're talking about I just make the movie hold, good I, I just, I just no I know but I feel like everything you're talking about holds itself to a higher standard than this movie Like I don't think this movie holds itself to even the standard of basic <laughs> filmmaking like yeah, ba- I, uh, like a ba- a basic f- basic filmmaking who I, I don't it's disagree. just so lazy. All right, so let's just keep moving. Uh, someone tries to rob the convenience store. The trip is in. Trip, by the way, was about to rob the convenience store with like a with some sort of a uh, stretched arm stretch Armstrong, Armstrong toy. toy. Pavlov's stretched arm stretch Armstrong toy. Sure. Uh, someone and then Trip stands up to the to the robber. Yes. Um, and the guy goes down, and then the girl behind the counter makes out with Trip for saving everybody. Mm-hmm. That happens. Uh, we cut back to Jim and Beth in the confession booth, and it really does seem like they had sex in there. Well, they're like putting their clothes back on. Right. Yeah. And no one noticed. No. Not even the priest that apparently all he wants is to listen to Todd's tales. Put his ear against the, um, sure. the partition. and Then we have arguably the worst part of this movie, which I think says something, which is Lex finding Christine tied up in a garage by the guys that stole the car. Uh, Kevin Corrigan and Bobby Bacala. Yeah. Which Sopranos is, and Goodfellas. Which is great. Is it? No, it's terrible. Because what happens with them is just awful. Well, the other weird thing is like you skipped it over. Not that I care. But the first Lex beat was that he almost got attacked by these wild dogs. I skip that shit because I don't fucking care. But he also but then, then he shows them. up with the wild dogs who he somehow yeah. tamed. He tames them. He's now their leader. He's their, the leader of the wild dogs. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is the director of Who Flung Pooh, so maybe he, you never know. You never this guy, know. Dad's, Dad's chicken. chicken. But you don't know what this guy's game was. What was the made-up word? Um, gwank. Gwank. <laughs> he just went, gwank, gwank. And they just, the dogs just listen. Oh, my God. Fuck gwank. This, fuck this movie. Dogs like, ruff, um, ruff, ruff. So. This is director of Quank. Ruff, 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 ruff. He's our new leader. Ruff, 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 ruff. So Lex is tied up. <laughs> That's my pit bull impression. Ruff, 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 ruff. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> one of the guys. Ruff, 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 ruff. I think it's I think it's Bobby Bobby Bacala who says she looks fun. Yeah. Then they allude to, I think it's the other guy that says we could strip this car in fifteen minutes, but I bet we could strip her down in fifteen seconds. It's about what it would take. It checks out. Uh, so they're gonna rape this girl. Yeah. Like they're just there's this they're just okay. Maybe they're the real Kiss fans. So Lex comes to Christine's rescue with a bunch of the guard dogs that he's apparently tamed. Uh, and at this point, I just wrote, all the guys get laid for no apparent reason. Because mm-hmm. Hawk is fucking Shannon Tweed. I said that too. Like, what? There's, just, I said, there's no rhyme or reason You didn't for say it. Hawk's line, which is in the running for worst line of the year. Which is? Um, 
It's so awful. So, so oh wait, I think I know what you're. He throws up. Oh my god, yeah. He throws up on stage. He loses the contest. He gets kind of saved by Shannon Tweed. She takes him out to his car. Oh my god. She she strips him down. She like I believe just touches his erect penis with her hand. Foot. Foot. That's right. <laughs> and then it's clear that he ejaculates, and he goes. <laughs> so far, you've seen me and my dick throw up. Classy guys. Is that the end of the podcast? Stay classy. <laughs> did we do it? Are we, Are we done? done? Did we do it? Um, That's it for podcasts. Like it's like nineteen ninety nine. We did them all, guys. I'll never watch another nineteen ninety nine movie because I may run into another movie like this. So that's no, not true. Um, uh, Jam tells his mom off at the protest, and he's really harsh and kind of awful to his mother in that scene. Not that she hasn't been terrible to him. She but deserves like, it. Okay. Uh, then okay. Oh no! The best part of the movie. Oh, which part? No, really. The 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 how they figured it all out. It's the best part of the it's movie. Kind of a clever plan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's the best part of the movie. Um, it's weird because these two because plot it, points what, yeah. are actually great. Yeah. The plot point that we said earlier, when he calls the radio station, yeah. doesn't give his name. They go all the way there, and the guy's like, "Sorry, I didn't say your name." That's great. Yeah. And then their actual final plan for how to get into it's the, pretty clever because because one hour. So basically, they're all standing in a the field. They've all failed at their goal. They have no idea how to get into the stadium, and one of them comes up with this plan, which is let's let's beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, it's a it's a good plan. Let's beat the shit out of you. E- well, here's the, here's what because I love they about get it: the shit kicked out of them. Yes, yeah, so let's beat the shit out of each other, and then we'll go and tell them we got mugged. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, that's a great plan. Like, wouldn't it be so cool if they did it and they do it? Yeah. They beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. It's crazy. They're it's crazy. bloody. They look like they they look like like total messes at the end. It's such a departure from the rest of this movie to me because it's it's so visceral. Yeah. It's so alive. Like look how excited I'm getting talking about four motherfuckers beating the shit out of each other. So they beat the shit out of each other. And they, and they really look the like go, they were they mugged. They go to the ticket guy and they're like, "We were mugged," and they took our tickets. And there's another day of sex machina. And there's another day of sex machina where trips like yeah. Those guys did, and he points at the fucking kid and his and his bodybuilding brother's mm-hmm. friends or whatever who happened to steal his wallet. Steal even his though, like, wallet. they don't look like the kind of guys who would steal a wallet. They but they just have his revenge. wallets. They have his ID, and the ticket guy believes them, so mm-hmm. he kicks them out and gives the four tickets to our four heroes, assholes, heroes, heroes. And then Kiss plays, uh, and we see them for five minutes. Um, I'll say this: I thought the tongue cam was kind of inspired. Okay. Um, they put a camera in one of their mouths and we got inside their tongue. And I don't know if it was inspired, but I, I get it. It was something. It it's also like expensive. And it also probably like, I don't know. It, it's, it's necessary. It's, it's like, it's, it's no, what this, it's what this whole movie was working up to. So sure. And whatever. then that's the fucking movie and it's over. <laughs> um, I, for what it's worth, I said, um, shot from the inside from Gene Simmons's mouth. Kill me. So I didn't agree. All right. Last point about this. Last thought about this movie. Yeah, that I wanted to get out. Please, because I, I wrote this. Yeah, this entire movie is predicated on the idea that we love these kids. It's like Buzz Bunny, Bugs Bunny. He does things to Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck that are despicable. We would hate him if he wasn't so funny and charming. But also, he's being hunted, or the tr- the duck is trying to get him hunted, and he handles it so well. So, mm-hmm. if there was some mechanism. As I kind of said earlier, through which they were the underdogs, they were being hunted, yeah. they were being screwed over by someone other than Jam's mom. If they 
did a little bit of the fucking legwork of making us love these kids up top yep. for being good people with yep. good hearts who are deserving or of seeing a, in any real way. Yeah, too. just deserving of seeing a kid's yeah. show. Yeah. Um, it might work better. But I said, these kids are not cool or likable. They obviously felt like they couldn't make these kids anything other than the cool kids smoking in the boys' room because KISS fans are cool, and it killed everything. And that's the end of our story. <laughs> uh, zero to 99, Kenny. Zero to 99. Never saw it in the theaters. Neither did I. Before this conversation, yeah. I gave it a 13. Okay. Uh, actually going to put it up a few points. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I do think, the, I do think yeah. there were a couple of inspired okay. plot points. Um, I'm going to give it a 19. That is hilarious. Um, it's not the worst fucking movie we've done. Well, here's what's funny, is that we're going in the opposite directions and we're landing at the same number. Really? That's so funny. I came in here with a 25. Okay. Well, and I'm leaving here bad. with a 19. Really? Yeah. Met in the middle. Look at us. <laughs> it feels appropriate. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's about what it is. Yeah. I think it's about a 19. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. It doesn't... It, it's, it's not like... I certainly would not recommend anybody watch this. Would movie. you give Story of Us like a fifteen? Uh, I think I would give it a ten. You give it a ten. Yeah, you, that that offended you a lot more than this movie. It did. Yeah. I actually i I think that I was a little lower, and then Libby said something that got me up to a ten. I don't know. It's something you, like you that. You may have been a little higher. Libby said something. That Maybe that might've, it might've been that too. Libby brought me way down. Bro- Libby, Libby dropped me 10 points at the end of that. Yeah. Well, she, she was very convincing. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's, this movie is not good. Um, and it, it really doesn't have a whole lot to, uh, to offer. All right. So, uh, as you can tell from the uh, quality of this audio recording, Kenny and I are doing another throw via Skype. So forgive us if it uh, sounds a little janky, but uh, that was Detroit Rock City. Yeah, a movie that's best seen involved throwing up. And we're going to another movie where there's a pretty prominent vomit. There's a lot of vomit in uh, in next week's movie. They're both. I, I will say, Detroit Rock City did their vomit really well, and the movie we do next week does their vomit really well. And I'm not a big vomit guy. What can I say? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I am not uh, a vomit guy. I find it uh, truly repulsive. But uh, I will say that in next week's film, which is uh, South Park, bigger, longer, bigger, longer uncut. and uncut. Uh, I will say that every time Stan pukes in Wendy's face, I laughed. Uh oh, Kenny, do we lose you? Yeah, no, I'm right here. I'm yeah. to the bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It always worked. No, it always works. The whole movie works. It's um. It's a brilliant piece of cinema. Uh, I couldn't be more excited that we get to do it. It's one of the it's one of the singular gems of this year, you know, along with your like Blair Witches and your Matrixes or your Matrices. Um, these movies that straight story, these movies that really only exist 
existed in 1999. There's really nothing else like South Park. It came out, out. The movie, it really came out of nowhere. There's never been a, a major studio animated movie like this. And really, give or take a sausage party, there's never been anything like it since. So, yeah, I, um, I, I feel fortunate. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that, um, you know, we, we have recorded the episode and we have a tremendous guest in uh, Akirate Onadawan. Uh, and he's just, I mean, if, if for, you know, for those that might not know, you know, he was in Hamilton. He's a, uh, he was a uh, Hercules Mulligan. Um, and he's on station 19 right now. And he's, he's a tremendous guest. We, the thing about South Park and the thing about this episode that I think makes it stand out other than the fact that it's a tremendous film is that it gave us the opportunity to talk about so much, like the breadth of what we dive into in the slightly under two hours with Oak is just, is just tremendous. And the other thing about South Park is, uh, you know, for better or worse, it's our only musical in 1999. And our only kind of classic musical, you know, you have like things like Detroit Rock City or, um, Sweet and Low Down, where music plays a prominent role, but it's our only classic musical, and and we 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 nailed a, a guest, or Phil really pulled in a guest. He's done so much incredible stuff on Broadway. We couldn't have had a more apt person to break this down from all perspectives. So we're really, I really feel fortunate we had him. He just, he was an incredible guest. He he really was. We and yeah, I, I mean, I knew it was going to be a blast because he's such a fun guy but we just i don't know we did a deep dive into a bunch of stuff that i i don't know i i know we just recorded it recently so it's still pretty fresh in my head but it's a it's a real standout episode it's a tremendous movie it's a movie that has only aged better you know it's aged really 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 well um and yeah i'm just excited for you guys to hear it yeah come back next week south park bigger longer and uncut it rule yeah, it rules, and it's a uh, it's a great episode, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. It's the first episode of 2019, um, so we're really excited that that gets to be the first one to drop, and then we've got some really exciting stuff coming up in 2019 for you guys. A belated Merry Christmas <laughs> and a happy New Year. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. I'm at PM Iscove. Uh, Kenny's at Nybart. We're at Podcast Like 1999. Thank you for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.